Hola amigos and welcome back to another episode of La Vida Verde podcast. I'm your host Matthew Human here at Finca Vida Verde. Today is our very first ever part two uh, episode with Carlotta Rinaldi. Um, she is a conscious mother of three, a family therapist. She's passionate about astrology. Hopefully you've seen the part one. It was It's brilliant and uh, we got a lot of great comments and it's going to be a really great conversation. We're going to delve into uh, more motherhood and also some community issues. I uh, hope you enjoy. Carlotta Rinaldi, welcome back to La Vida Verde oh, podcast. Nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you. This is our first part two. Um, the last time we had you on was like this. We realized like getting into the the, con- the discussion of conscious motherhood, there's so much. There is so much. I mean, I could go on. It's a lifetime for a lifetime. Yeah, really. like literally. It's a lifetime it learning. It is a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. So then there was like we, we were getting done and we're like, we need – there's so much more we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we, we kind of last time, I guess we talked, we touched on like, you know, Ray's, you have, you have three children, two of them were home births. Yes. And one of them was a hospital birth. So I thought maybe we could start with that, like the difference. And then we'll get into like parenting and all yeah, that later too. But For sure. So um, Nordi, who's now almost three. Who I he, love, by the way. <laughs> he was born um, in England. Um, and basically what happened was that around 36 weeks, I was planning the same, like home birth, like Dahlia. And I, um, you know, was in the NHS, the, um, which is a free, you know, the national healthcare system, which was free, supported throughout. And then around 36 weeks, um, they found that I had some extra liquid in my bump. Um, it's a specific condition. And so they said, oh, you need to go for extra exams at the hospital. You were planning to have a home birth. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so they sent me to the hospital to do some extra exams. And then because I was basically, I started becoming part of the system. Because once you're in the hospital, you see a consultant there who is like, um, you know, a gynecologist. And so he basically called me in and said, oh, we're going to look at, you know, at the result of these exams together. You don't have any anything, you know, to worry about. But we're going to now do measurements of the baby to see, you know, how he's growing. And all of a sudden, um, you know, he said, oh, you know, you have, your baby's too big. Your baby is, you know, huge compared to um, Norm. And I know you birthed a big baby last time, but um, there's a mosquito. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) And it's going to be too big. You're not going to be able to birth it. And he started putting worry in my mind. Mm. Like, you know, you're going to have all these complications if you choose to have a, you know, a home birth. And the reality was that actually he was exactly the same dimension as my daughter, as Dahlia. He was exactly the same. I mean, yes, I birthed big babies. Um, you know, <laughs> Dahlia was like 4.4 kilos, which is almost 10 pounds. Wow. And wow. Nordi, yeah. It's pretty big for a baby. Yeah, it's really big. And Nordi was basically going towards that. And What is the average? Like, uh, there's, there, it, that's it the thing. There is no average. Right. Like you, whatever is right for you. 
you know, you have whatever, you know, size is right for your body. Mm -hmm. And nature knows. Nature knows best. Right. And for the doctor, for the standardized, you know, medical system to tell you, oh, you're not going to be able to do this um, because, you know, in theory, he's too big. But how do you know? Because my body was able to do it before. So I'm sure I'll be able to do it again. But the fear that this doctor put into me, put onto me, um, I think he started mon monitoring me and he asked me to go back. So once you go back, then you know, 38 weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he just, he kept on stressing the message that I was risking my life and mm. risking the baby's life. And so... Oh, it's scary when you're like... It's really hard to stay. It's scary, like, like you could die. They're exactly. You, like. Yes. And so I decided to, um, you know, to do the best I could with the information I had. Mm -hmm. And so I waited as much as I could until about 40 weeks. When I was about 40 weeks, I decided, like, I'll make the best environment I can in the hospital to make the most home birth-like experience in the hospital. And I want to make sure, actually, that the message here is clear is that, you know, it's it's beautiful, it's equally beautiful to birth in a hospital, but I think it's how you, it's the energy you create and the people you surround yourself in that hospital mm -hmm. that really matters and your mindset. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that I had like little fairy lights in the room and I had um, nice candles and I had beautiful playlists that we made with Ollie of our favorite music and I still used hypnobirthing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to, again, be able to have a natural birth mm -hmm. without complications. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so it's just I... The, the only difference is you were in a hospital and you had to do a little more work to make it homey. Yes, but I was... And beeping machines. <laughs> I was lucky that... Um, I was lucky that in England... Again, the hospitals, they kind of do still promote natural births uh -huh. because in some countries like here in Costa Rica, all, I did a lot of research before having Leilani and I was thinking maybe I could have her in a hospital the same way that I had mm -hmm. Nodi. And um, unfortunately, like the, the C-section rate that the doctors kind of promote here um, in Costa Rica is, is much higher than in other countries such as England. So basically it means that you go into a hospital and you want to do it your way, but because the doctors already have, you know... They're used to doing cesareans. They kind of like lead you. Right. They lead you. And so it's very subtle, but at the same time, in that moment, like when you're in labor, it's it's like... The you know whomever is around you influences influences you, sure. especially doctors. Yeah, you know midwife, but a doctor that you in your mind think, oh, he knows best because you've been programmed for years and years yeah. and generations to think that doctors are the way to have you know that they are the only ones that can birth a child. You and know why do you why do you think here in Costa Rica they're more inclined towards cesareans than I think it's about to be honest I think it's about education and I think um, I think there's just a lot of like I think the the system in in England is actually it's really forward there's a lot of really um, trained and educated um, you know uh, professionals that have learned actually that you know natural birth like it they just 
I think it's just a yeah, it's a different level of 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 education. Right. There's a lot of amazing doctors and midwives here too. Right. But I think we're just talking about a minority here. But I think it's gonna get it's gonna improve right. for sure. Um, the midwives I worked with, like some of the midwives that I met, are incredibly you know in tune and supportive and you know um, and you know beautiful with with home births and and also with natural births. So that's right. So so basically, the takeaway is it's not so much about where. Yeah. It's about there's more factors involved. How, um, who. The mindset, the mindset and the environment um, and all the work you do prior to the labor mm -hmm. is, it's a marathon and it's, you have to train, you have to train your brain from the moment you're pregnant or even from years before. Right. Let's <laughs> get, actually get yourself ready. start now. <laughs> if you're, if you're in your early twenties and you're thinking in my thirties when I have, you know, babies, like start now, start now reading and, and learning and. Um, there's an amazing uh, friend of mine called Marion that she has done a lot of work in this field um, and she um, has written a book, um, Change the Way We Birth on Earth, um, and also has a play where she educates. That's is what she, she's doing. I love it. her play. I saw it. Beautiful play. She did, a, she did, a, um, did it in Echo Via. Yeah, you came. I was she there. Had a couple, she had it twice and I was both, both times there and... It, She's basically getting gathering women from all over the world and she's doing, you know, literally this, you know, journey all over the world. She's going to Canada soon, she's gonna be in the US, and she's um she's doing these plays. I mean, eventually she's going to be on Broadway. Her yeah, show no, the play is amazing. Is, uh, is gonna the, the be on show Broadway. Is, it's powerful. What's the name what's the name of it? Change the way we birth Change on the earth. Way we birth on earth. People go search that if you're interested in this topic. Yeah. Mary, Marion. Ma yeah, so Marion Rose is her Instagram and she is unbelievable. We'll have her on the show one day. You will. When she's back. Yes. Um okay, great. So You've you've got you had you've got three children. Yeah. Now you've had all three children. Yeah. You've told us the stories of how you've had the three children. Yeah. Now now what's life like now? <laughs> like uh, what happens after they're born? That's what I'm curious. Like how does Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that today I've come here because <laughs> Was there meltdowns happening? There's been a lot. <laughs> there's been a lot. I mean, tomorrow is the new moon. Uh -huh. Apparently, my the last session I done with Kai Pacha's astrologer, who has a beautiful ca ca cacao farm in uh, Puerto Viejo, she told me the fourteenth of um, October would be a big date for me. The fourteenth, between the fourteenth and the eighteenth, tomorrow is the fourteenth. Yeah, it's the eclipse. It's also the eclipse. Yeah, and my ascendant is Libra, and my uh, my sun is Scorpio. So we're obviously in Libra right now. And uh, apparently Libra and um, Aries, which are opposites, which are actually are ascendant. My husband and I, we have opposites ascendants. So he's Aries, I'm, I'm Libra. So we're pulling each other and we are very much like um, kind of, we, there, there's so much learning to be done between the two of us. Um, but mm -hmm. the reason why I'm mentioning that is that right now, this past week is the South Node um, I think the moons, the, the moons, north and south modes are something like opposites, um, Aries, Libra. There's like a big, big energy shift. And long story short, I think it's been the hardest week, parenting week mm -hmm. for me. 
Um, between you and, and Ollie? Me or, and Ollie, between... me and the kids. Yeah, um, yeah it all. But mm. um, so I guess like we can start with like, yeah, like how <laughs> we became... I mean, it's obviously there's a lot to discuss, but yeah, just in any, I mean, tips like how do you, how do you live your, like how do you, how do you like wake up? I mean, you're you're in full service to these kids. You just have to res- give give yourself to them, right? So, or do you, do you reserve a little bit for yourself, or how does that? So I um I used to do a lot of um kundalini, mm-hmm. kundalini um bef- kundalini yoga and meditation before the kids were were born. And when Dahlia was born, I thought to myself like I need to continue. I need to continue. I need to cut myself this space every morning to meditate. And then it started becoming quite difficult because Dali would wake up at 5 a.m. And I didn't want to wake up before 5 a.m. to meditate. This is already like early enough. And don't, would, don't Kundalini's wake up at like 4 a.m.? Yeah, Isn't that like the yeah, time? Yeah, 4.30, sun, sunrise, <laughs> right. depending on where you are, you know, because in the UK, okay, the sun. Sunrise. Yeah. I got it. Okay. And, um, and I, I mean, obviously it was a slow learning lesson and I'm still learning it, but um. I started realizing, like, especially with Nodi and now Leilani, I mean, my kids are my meditation. You know, my kids are, like, teaching me, like, the raw of what it means and what it takes to stay present, to stay in the moment, to watch emotional, you know, like, clouds, I call them, come in (laughs) and and not let these emotional waves and which are not just waves, they feel like storms take you Mm -hmm. and to be able to create that distance between you, you know, and whatever is happening in that moment with the children. Um, I used to teach this as part of like my therapy, you know, (laughs) to young people, Uh (laughs) mostly teenagers. Like how not to get, Wrapped, yeah, affected by exactly external forces. To watch, watch these these thoughts as clouds coming and going. It's like the traffic, like cars driving by. And now the clouds are your children. And now they're and their there. Ener- their energy and all the time, all the time. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, it's a constant practice. It's like, you know, it. You can't escape it. Like some days I wake up and I. Some days are easier than others. And some days I wake up and I feel like I'm in a cage. <laughs> like I feel like I'm in a cage, I, like in a prison. Like I am forced to, to experience, I'm forced to, to watch and to be a part of these spirals. And I can't, there's no way to get away. Like you can get away physically for a few hours. Mm. Maybe well, for a weekend. You're here right now, which is, yeah. Amazing being here. Where are they now? So there are two of them are in school. One of them is with their dad. Okay. Thank you, Oli. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, you can get away from for a few hours or a weekend. You know, Oli and I have taken, a, you know, maybe a couple times a weekend away. But it's only temporary. Mm. And the reality is that how to train yourself to surrender to what is like they are my yoga you know they're constantly teaching me come back to the present come back to the present Mm. 
don't attach to the expectation of what you want them to be. Like, you have these ideas because you're, especially like us that we read so much, we research so much, we're in this beautiful community with lots of mindful people, and so you have these expectations of what you want your household and your family mm -hmm. to look like, of what you want your school, which is a huge topic at the moment for us here in, in Ecovia, mm -hmm. what you want your school to look like, what you want your, your kids to act like, mm -hmm. how you want them to, you know, compassion, you want them to be compassionate, you want them to be all these things. And, and then you bump your head. You're like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. It's like, it's, 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 it's a strong. Yeah. Because they're going to be who they're going to be. And you have no control over you that have, you, or li little control. You have a little you like, have, guidance you can get. And actually but. the more control, the more they resist it, the more, mm -hmm. you know, like strength and out, you know, too much authority, authority mm. and controlling behavior, the more they're like, you know, they teach, they, they teach you. They're they like fight against it. So there was this one, um, I, I don't want to say who, but let's yeah. just say like in our community, yeah. two of the most beautiful, calm, sweetest people, you may not be able to figure this out, the sweetest, I mean the calmest, the most gentle people, and they're, we, everyone was like, I remember thinking, I remember when someone, when we found out they were pregnant, we're like, somebody in our community was like, their child is going to be like the Messiah. Are you kidding me? Like these people are like the most amazing people. And there was a time where the, their child was like the hellion of the community. We were like, how did that like, you know, like violent and, you know, going through, it was a phase. Fortunately, the, actually the child, the kid is now, you know, in his teens and he is, um, he's an amazingly beautiful present soul and a good kid, a good guy, thankfully. But there was a time where it's just like, like and it does, of course. It must it, like it reflects on it you reflects as a parent. You're absolutely. like they're like, what are the parents doing? It's like, but there's no way. But that's the thing is that you identify your ego is yeah. identifying there with how your children your children are become an object. They become you know a, an extension of yourself, and so they represent you, and so in your mind, right? And so you know anything they do, anything they say you know, you start resenting, you start becoming, mm. you know, ashamed or, you know, of, you know, other people perceiving you a certain way based on how they are. And it's like, it's this cycle that never ends. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really hard to pull yourself out of it because, because it's constant. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's exactly what yoga talks about. It's exactly what, like, I always thought in the past, like, when I started meditating, you know, my early 20s, and I would learn about the monks, like, and I wanted to, like, go and have an experience in, in you know, um, well, I wanted to go to India and have an experience there. And, and I thought, like, now I'm, I'm, again, understanding that it's easy. Like, it's easy to meditate in the ideal conditions. Right. And to go in a quiet room, right? And you know, watch your watch your thoughts, and and you know, create that mental space. It's it's easy to do that in those conditions. Yeah. Much harder to but, do when there's sirens but this, in the background and children screaming. This and, is where we need to grow. Yeah, we need to accept. We need to surrender. 
more and and just learn to to just be and stop like thinking so much about the shoulds right. and about you know the future mm-hmm. and yeah i think i love this i love this conversation and thank you this is a good reflection for all of us i mean you're right and um i'm I, I, I'm thinking like, I'm like, wow, Carlotta, you really could have your own podcast. I really think you should consider like having like a family therapy. Child. I mean, I, there's so much to this. Yeah. And I know we're not going to be able to get through all of it in the next, you know, 15 minutes. But like, that's a really powerful and beautiful mm. perspective. So, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of crying. There's a lot of suffering that you can't, you know, the pain is is part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't be able to, I so wish, <laughs> in a way, I wished we could learn and grow without this level of, you know, pain and some sometimes trauma. Like, you know, for some of us, mm. they have to go through trauma t- to understand, um, you know, how to stay close to the children, how to, you know, I've gone through it. Some really close friends of mine have gone through it. Um, but it's the only way like you, you, you have to go through the pain in order to, you know, understand you have to experience in order, you know, to, to really, you know. Yeah. This is like, as you know, from my own perspective, like I'm, I've always desired children. It's something I've always yeah. thought I would be a father and yeah. I'm now I'm 42 I'm, I'm, I have you do to, have time. I still, you, you I have, still have time, but I also have to accept the fact that like I may not meet the right woman or something. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the point of that. But anyways, point being like there is definitely a part of me that is like at the, I'm at that age where I'm like because I meet a lot of women who don't want children. Yeah. And it's usually for me that's like a, well, it may not work. Like that's usually a kind of a not a red uh, – it's a deal breaker because at some point I'm – I can see that I'm going to want children and I start thinking about this and I see other parents and I'm like wow could I really could I really do this like mm-hmm. but I think what I'm hearing you say is like and and I think the kind of the what I kind of my perspective on it is like you're never really ready you can't prepare yourself you just it's it's not about being ready it's about being being able to to just go with it and do it I would say they're like abs- not for sure I, I agree with you um, I think there are some factors that you can influence, that you can kind of make happen that would make a right environment for kids to come into this world. Sure. And one of these factors is um, having like real, you know what I'm going to say, having real community. Uh, I was going to say, this is perfect. But what I mean by real is that it's such a big subject for us here mm-hmm. in this area mm-hmm. in of Costa Rica. And... Um, what does a real community look like to you? Real community means um, friends and um, friends that um, are actually interested in, you know, sharing, um, sharing with an open heart um, and, you know, open their doors to, like, helping one another, living together, cooking together, teaching the kids together educating, you know, educating the kids together, growing together, Hmm. that, you know, sort of have that desire to, um, to, yeah, to, to, to create, you know, and not have like that, 
sort of like, oh, this is my, this is my home. This is my space. Like I am, you know, it's, it's a private space. It's more like open door policy. Mm-hmm. And also actually there for you, like when you're struggling, actually there for you, like to, you know, physically, you know, everyone can do l- different things. Like some people maybe can be there for you physically, like supporting, you know, <laughs> excuse me, supporting like it's a truth sneeze that was a truth sneeze <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah physically um, when you need help but like you know and some others have the role of emotional like mental health support others have can have the role of like providing food when you're sick right and when you know your kids like you cannot cook for your kids others have the role of like you know being the doctors the health advocates mm. um we're definitely building that in ecovia um right you know Everyone just opening their scales and together you're creating like a web of um, relationships that is like, um, that, you know, it's is the village that raises the children um, type of attitude. But yeah, with, with, you know, with, a, with, a, with an open, you know, an open heart, you know? It's... Why, that's a qualifier. What's the qualifier of the open? I mean, I'm curious, like what... What a, the use the way you said that says yeah. to me like there's a there's a reason you added that with an open heart like what is that what's the difference? Well, I think it's not doing it because you're expected to do it, but doing it giving because you want to give is different than giving expecting to receive. Of course, and like to receive back, and I think mm-hmm. like I've seen that here. Like I've now understood what it means, and also I think from a Buddhist perspective. Like the understanding that, you know, whatever you are like giving out, it doesn't matter who you give to. It's actually, it's going to come back to you. It's, it's karma, Karma. you know, and it's going to, it's going to come back. And so that's what I mean about, you know, just contributing, contributing. If you want to contribute, Without thinking, okay, if I'm going to, it's a gift, econ- it's kind of like a gift economy. Um, Charles Eisenstein was talking about this when he came to Ecovia, um, you know, um, a few months ago. But it's not like as related to like, okay, I'm going to let you, for example, use my car uh, to go get groceries. And in return, I'm going to expect you to... Um, I don't know, let my mom stay in your extra bedroom. It's not like a what's in it for me. No. It's you give because you want to give. That's how, like, if everybody was doing that, if we were all more, like, selfless, less, you know, more self, just more selfless in the giving, I think, I think that's one of the recipes for, like, a successful, like, village and a successful um, place for kids to come into this world. And I have to say, like, I was mind blown by the amount of, like, beautiful giving that I received when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had a beautiful ceremony, like a baby blessing by, like, 12 of my close friends in Ecovia. And also when Leilani was born, like, everyone, everyone, you know, all my close friends, I brought something to help, like food or, you know, some things that she needed Mm -hmm. and um so we do have the seeds for it here and i think 
um, I think it's, you know, we're in the right place. Well, you and maybe this is like comes in you as a psychologist can can help, you know, can understand. Like I, I, I'll just use, you know, be be honest with myself. It's like I I think in the past I was much more like give it all away. But I think I, I felt taken advantage of a lot. And that's why I, I have like I, I am a little more, um, you know, transactional away in some not all the time. I'm definitely I, I definitely see myself as a giver and it depends on the person, depends on the thing. But like, and also when you're um, like, I'm I'm kind of a more public in this community. Yeah. So it's not like I have like people I get a lot more people coming to me and if yeah. I said yes to everybody or if I gave what I you know everything I could to everybody there would I I don't believe that there it's always I don't I haven't always felt like it always comes, comes back. back but I'll tell you I think what I hear when you're telling me this I can hear that um that there was a level of disappointment right there's a level of disappointment with not having received as much when you were giving do you feel like at, at some I mean this is I'm not talking about any one thing in particular I'm I'm just saying like um yeah like I I there's been multiple times like in in just throughout my life where like one time I you know I used to be very free with my car like yeah go take my car but then the car breaks and the person who broke it isn't there to pay for it and I don't have the money to pay for it. I know, I know. So what do you do? So for me, it's um, I, I went through this, um, actually this, 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 this thinking uh, in the last few days um, in terms of um, I think for yourself, like you need to first of all, like be able to have the right boundaries. So you have to create and be aware and mindful of what those boundaries are sure. and reflect on, you know, your mental health and your, you know, um, you know, your ability to give is, is given by, you know, it, it, it's, it depends on each person. And also you, you have to be aware of how much too much, how much, too much is, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, for sure. And, and be also very much like if you tune in, I often do it, I use my body as a pendulum where I... Like physically you hang on something and like <laughs> swing back and forth? I, <laughs> I, I like this meta, I, this idea of the meta. That's how you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, like. you, could, you could, listen, some people have a hard time with using the body as a pendulum and use the actual pendulum. Sure. But, but I like just... How does it feel? So you're literally, you're meditating and you're trying to come to this, you know, peaceful place in your mind and you close your eyes and you, you ask yourself, you know, you ask yourself the first, you ask yourself some obvious yes or no questions to see where your body goes so that you know that if you're doing this, it's a yes. If you're doing that, it's a sure. no or the opposite. Uh -huh. So in terms of giving, it's like, if you really tune in, you know, you always know. Like right. your heart and your unconscious like is so aware. It's just that most of us we're in this rat race and we're constantly going and going and we're not actually hearing, you know, ourselves. And but if you tune in, you can really tell is this what is this person's intention in asking me this? Mm -hmm. How do I really feel about mm. 
saying yes or saying no. Right. Because we're, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, I want to please. Sure. I want to help. Exactly. I want to do good. And I want to be perceived as well as, as good. That's why most of the times, you know, we say yes. And imagine here in this place where we're living, where there's so many of us watching all the time. Imagine here, it's even harder. I think it's, we're even tested even more because we're living in close contact in a place that, you know, wants to be perceived as, you know, one of the most mindful communities in the world. Yeah. So in this place is even more imperative to, to really listen to yourself and, you know, tune in. Have boundaries. Have, create those healthy boundaries. Yeah. And understand like, you know, who am I engaging with? Who am I giving, you know, the attention to and, and put protections, mm -hmm. you know, because I think if you don't put these protections, both physically like giving car, but also mentally helping, supporting, if you don't, mm. then you end up basically getting, you know, sucked into somebody else's, um, you know, sure. cycles and also auric field and chaotic, whatever it is that that person is going through. And, and then you become... You know, you can't help anymore because you're. Yeah, you're over, over, over become overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overdrawn. But you and um and you know, I think that's part of why being in community with people with like you know that are also givers and that are also like showing up. I mean, I'm just this is to get back to your point about like being in how helpful it is to be with people who are showing up and giving in that way because they want to and being supportive of each other and. You know, not with the. You, I guess the transactional thing could be like, well, I watched your kid last. I I know this as a I I I know the importance of sleepovers and of playdates. I I have I was helping raise a four year old for a little while and like it's like wow. Yes, I remember. Yeah, last year. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Well, you you were quite present in someone's like an ex girlfriend's life that had like a five year old. At the time, five, six, maybe she. Was. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. too. Yeah, no, I. But I wasn't so. Yeah. That that's a. I mean, it was a couple. This was maybe five years ago, okay. but yeah, like I was the you know the sole male kind of ah, figure okay. in this kid. Well, he had a father, but he was not present around. So, anyways, I got to like be a parent, like play parent for a while, and I got to see like yeah, uh, play dates are super crucial. Yeah, I think like what I'd like to say like you know i know we're we're ending soon and i think i when like probably the biggest lesson for me um since i moved to um ecovia has been this one about relationships and has been to basically understand uh and not attach to which is kind of the same theme that i talked about in kids right so i said not attach to you know the emotional uh, wave and outbursts and whatever it's, you know. And it's the same thing in relationships, in a community, in a village, is not attached to the expectation of what you want, you know, people around you to be. So you meet these new friends, 
you're you're full of expectation. Ah, oh, like she's so beautiful. She has this, you know, um, she's been so supportive of me. And then you start expecting more and more. And then you get disappointed because either, you know, it, it's 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 meant, you know, you're meant to get disappointed because no one can upkeep that level. Right you know, that you have projected in the very first moment, right. So right? it's more about how we project onto other people. And so really for me has been about grounding myself and really understanding like and working the most on my, you know, on my core self and on my family first and, and solidifying the, the conscious parenting, the conscious uh, you know, um, way of being with my children and with my husband. So first of all, strengthening that and rooting, rooting, rooting and seeing others. So the village friends that are absolutely essential for the growth and the raising of my kids and myself, but seeing them as, you know, in their, seeing their gifts and yet seeing their shadows and accepting you know, accepting both um, from a Gene Keys perspective that talks about the, the the gift and the shadow, you know, and just, you know, allowing that to be and not wanting them to be, you know, the perfect friend and just seeing like, you know, this person has this gift that that I need to just thank and be be grateful for. And every every person has their shadows. Mm. Every single person for has sure. their shadows and not judge the shadow mm. see the shadow as you know it's part of the gift it's like a frequency it's an energetic frequency there they could be stuck in the frequency of the shadow frequency of the shadow or they could be they could grow and and reach the gift level most of us are in this our whole life um but so yeah relationships is you know take what's the good give what you want what you want to give without the expectation of seeing something in return but being solidifying yourself and being aware of your boundaries and putting you know having that protection you know yeah so it's, a, it's quite complex but <laughs> that's been my yeah. my learning so far well we got into a uh, community dynamics a little bit here so this yeah. is good um i think our part three has to be with ollie the, oh, the yeah. male perspective of the Rinaldi of the uh, what's your wait what's his last name Lambef so we actually Rinaldi Lambef so our kids are Rinaldi Lambef the Rinaldi Lambef family yes I think you're right I think <laughs> you know you do you do need that um, because you know we're we're I mean he's a bit of a mother to be honest as well and that's what we're here we're both we're kind of I think it's really important nowadays to have both parents have you know a, a very relevant role in the, in the raising of the kids and um Ollie has like a absolute you know equal <laughs> key role like he has a beautiful role and he's been you know I'm I couldn't have I couldn't I couldn't do it without my partner yeah you know? well I'm so. excited to talk to him one way or yeah. another so <laughs> Carlotta Rinaldi, part two. Uh, we maybe need to have a part five and six if you don't start your own podcast, which I hope you do. Um, thank you so much again. And I love being here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So much to share. Um, this is La Vida Verde podcast. I'm the host, Matthew Human, here at Finca Vida Verde. You can watch us every Tuesday on YouTube um, at La Vida Verde podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
Check us out on Facebook at Finca Vida Verde, Instagram, Finca Vida Verde, CR, Patreon. Uh, this thing costs money. We love your support. If this means a lot to you, please consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash La Vida Verde podcast. We'll have Carlotta. Where can people reach you? Yeah, on my Instagram, Carlotta Rinaldi. Um, it could be also Carlotta Rinaldi Lambeth on uh, Facebook. Um, yeah. Well, we'll put it on the we'll put it on your yeah. uh, little tag underneath your name. So cool. it's been a real honor. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. We'll mm-hmm. see you next time. Mm-hmm. Pura vida. Mm-hmm.